Welcome back to the BME Grad Podcast. I'm Grace. And I'm Allie. And this week, our guests are Lydia Ashburn and Christy Reed. Lydia graduated from North Carolina State University's BME program in 2019, and Christy from the same program from the UNC campus. Both joined the Venture for America program upon graduation. I'm just going to read a little bit about the program that's on the VFA website. So VFA is a two-year fellowship program for recent grads who want to work at a startup and create jobs in American cities. Fellows learn about important startup skills at their month-long training camp, apply for jobs within their company network, and work for two years as a full-time salaried employee in one of 13 cities. When the fellows are ready to start a company, two years after college or 10, VFA has resources like competitions, an accelerator, and seed funding to help them make that dream a reality. So from this company network, Lydia now works as a senior operations analyst for Total Access Urgent Care in St. Louis, and Christy works as a production engineer at Infinite Biomedical Technologies. Listen in as I talk more about the program, their roles, and what their entrepreneurial experiences have been like. Hey, Lydia and Christy, thanks for joining us. Would you mind telling the listeners who's who? Hey, I'm Lydia. And I'm Christy. Thanks for having us. So in your own words, would you tell us a bit more about the VFA program? Yeah, so Venture for America is a two-year program. So we both, quote unquote, graduate this summer, so like June, um, July. So um, the program, I can just do a quick overview then. It's a two-year entrepreneurship-focused fellowship. So The goal is to send recent college grads who are interested in starting their own company one day or just working at startups and high growth companies and just kind of learning that process. So the fellowship places college grads interested in that in various cities around the country that have emerging startup economies. So these are cities like Baltimore, St. Louis, that's where Christy and I are, Birmingham, Detroit, Cleveland, et cetera. The goal is to kind of, you know, redirect people interested in starting their own companies from the same, you know, coastal cities that a lot of people graduate and flock to after college. So I have two follow-ups. Um, is First off, do they recruit any students that are interested in entrepreneurship? Is it like only STEM? Do they have like major requirements? There are no major requirements. It's open to everyone. And the, so I think it's kind of helpful to think of VFA as almost a sort of like mediator between you and companies who want to hire talented recent grads. Like you have, you know, some roles, like my role is like heavily technical. Like, frankly, a lot of what I did in undergrad, I do day to day at my job. I texted all three of you about how I had to look up the resistor color code recently. And that was a big, like, (laughs) I thought I was never going to use that information again in my life, but here we are. Whereas like Lydia is working in a much more kind of like operations, like kind of analyst, like business development type role. So it really runs the gamut and there's like no particular background requirement at all. Awesome. Okay. How does VFA select the cities they participate in? I guess like the short answer is VFA will select certain cities that they think would be a good fit for what they have to offer or like be that kind of, you know, like there's enough of a like entrepreneurial scene to like work with, but it's not something that doesn't need 
the like extra influx of like VFA talent into those cities. So like, for instance, Atlanta was a city that was an early part of like the VFA program and it's like beginning years, but like has since phased out because it was just deemed like, you know, Atlanta doesn't really have an issue with like attracting young talent in that way. It's like kind of city first. I also think the organization has changed a little bit since Andrew Yang is no longer running it. Because like, I think in the beginning, it was very much framed as like, you know, these 50 people in the original class are going to be like founding the next Airbnb or whatever, and very like, hustle, etc. and stuff like that. And I think as VFA has like, grown and matured a little bit, and they're like, you know, being a little bit more mindful of like, you know, trying to hire folks that have an interest specifically in working in these cities. I think it has shift it I would still say it's like primarily fellow focused and Lydia if you like have a different take I'd love to hear it but I think they've they're being a little bit more mindful about like how they work within the cities if that makes sense I think originally it was kind of like we want to you know give experience to people who are going to be founders of like a fortune 500 company and then they're going to get this training during a two-year fellowship and then they're going to go found a company and now Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a little bit different because it's grown what do you think Yeah, I think the size of the program is definitely a big factor in how it's kind of changed. Like, like you said, I mean, the first class was like 20 or 30 fellows, I think, and now it's around 200 every year. So with that, I mean, there's just a broad range. Yeah, some people are the more like, I've already founded three companies, and I'm going to join VFA and like, work at this job for a couple years, but then like take my other stuff full time or, and then there's people who are like, I think I want to start a company, you know, let me work at a startup, kind of see what it's like. So there's really a range. I think, yeah. So with that, there's the ability to kind of focus on, yeah, the different aspects. Like Christy said, some people want to remain in the city they grew up in. So I have a friend from like Pittsburgh, for example, who was like, I want to do VFA because Pittsburgh is a VFA city. And I see this great opportunity to stay here and work on like economic development by Mm -hmm. working at a startup where I grew up. Um, So then there's that whole mindset that can kind of be included now because the program's so big. Yeah, well, that's great. They have that that flexibility. So what types of companies are in the program? Are there some biomedical type companies could it could it pretty much vary are they all like technology companies is there like a theme it really (laughs) runs the gamut I mean like we're both biased because we're working at like healthcare technology companies in some Mm -hmm. form or fashion but you know like I have friends that work for like natural hair care product lines and frankly I think VFA is a little bit liberal in their definition of a startup so um, like I have one friend in Birmingham who is working kind of within like the like energy utility like big company there and kind of like working within their innovation branch so it can really look very different like company to company. There's also so depending on the city and I'm thinking of St. Louis specifically um, similar to that like Birmingham example, a lot of the companies that hire in St. Louis are actually, they're just VC firms. So Hmm. you're working in a VC firm, just getting a lot of exposure to startups and like the whole funding world, but um, in the firm itself isn't a startup or we actually have, so Boeing, the aerospace company has a huge, I don't know if it's the headquarters, but um, just a big presence here in St. Louis and there it's called Horizon X Ventures. It's their venture 
arm of the company, they hire BFA fellows. Uh, I mean, that company itself is huge, again, because it's like an entrepreneurial experience or environment they hire. And like my company, for example, is, I wouldn't consider it a startup. It's more in the growth phase. Again, my like team and the work environment is entrepreneurial and it is like a local company. So we hire fellows as well. So okay. there's kind of a range there. Right. So anywhere where you're going to get that entrepreneurial experience, like you said, that's cool. So you can kind of pick and choose. So do you typically, I guess you typically rotate around different companies or do you just pick one for your two years? What's the typical pathway for, for someone in the program? Yeah, that's a great question and a common misunderstanding. I think Christy called VFA a mediator um, between you and the companies. That's a great word for it. So you join the fellowship and then go through a process of you're interviewing again with the VFA companies. And that way you're interviewing. And at that point, it's up to you to find which job and which company you want to work with. And you're hired on by that company just as you would be with any job. Um, so VFA itself is actually like supplementary to your full-time normal hire job. It's not like a two-year contract. You're not going to be immediately like terminated at your two years. It's so no, we don't like rotate or anything like that. You do just interview with, get hired by and work for your company. Gotcha. Another question for y'all. What drew you to this program? What made you interested in, in joining VFA and going to these startups? So I was a part of a entrepreneurial program at UNC and through that kind of got connected with someone who had recently graduated from UNC and was also in this program. And I was like, you know, kind of telling him about like, okay, like, here's what I want to do. I don't really know exactly like, you know, in terms of like longevity, like what I want to do career wise. So, you know, I'm just kind of really looking to explore and like do as much as possible. And, you know, ideally it seems like a startup would be a good fit for that. So he recommended checking out Venture for America because he had been a fellow and he was like, they're hiring interns for like next summer. So I could put a good word in. And I think he really did put a good word in because I like did the application process. And then when I started working for them, they were like, oh, like you're so-and-so's friend. And I was like, I've like talked to him once on the phone, but like, um, but yeah, so like shout out to Mahir. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I interned with VFA and then after that, you know, experience kind of being there during the training camp period, which is their like summer long pre-fellowship professional development month, I guess. I was kind of on the fence about it just in terms of like, didn't know if it was exactly the right fit for me, but ultimately kind of came away with the determination that like VFA is very much like what you make it to be. Like, I think, you know, kind of like we've been talking about, it's not this like highly formalized program. Like it's kind of like once you get your job through Venture for America, like the organization of VFA is only in your life as much as you want it to be because like your obligation is to your company. So I would think of it more as like handshake with like a lot of extra perks and friends and a network. And it's kind of like a curated selection of jobs with folks that are like really eager to like fill their hiring needs. So that was kind of like what led me to VFA, Lydia. So VFA itself, I heard about through Christy. So um, 
I think that there were two things, I always say there were like two things that got me interested in startups or entrepreneurship. And they're like two polar opposite experiences. One was starting the chapter of <laughs> Girls Engineering Change on campus at NC State. So that was something I'd worked on just for several years at NC State and just loved the process of like coming in with this thing I needed to do, getting a bunch of people, telling a bunch of people about it, getting people on board, not only to join the organization, but to get excited to like build it alongside me, planning events, just kind of creating this infrastructure. And then several years in, making it replicable and handing it off um, and it like seeing it still run today, like that whole process. Oh my gosh, I loved it. And then the kind of opposite experience was just one summer. I worked an internship at a very large company and just found it, you know, I learned things, but um, the bureaucracy and just slow pace of it, I just, I just couldn't see myself going into that type of role, especially right after graduation entry level. So yeah, I think those two things thought, um, not only do I think I want to start a company one day, but I would love for that to be my first or to work in a, in a small environment, just alongside founders and, and leaders. Definitely. Do you think that there is a particular for interested graduates uh, or about to be graduates? Are there particular skill sets that do well in VFA? I mean, I think broadest would be this isn't too like tactical but like broadest is just being able to deal with like ambiguity just be comfortable in ambiguous settings or ambiguous project constraints or lack thereof because I mean you could be stepping into some of these companies you're like higher number two or three um, so you're stepping into I mean there's, there's nothing nothing's built so just the ability to pick a path, try some things out, you know, be comfortable with failing and just keep trying. I think comfort with ambiguity is like the most broad <laughs> thing I can think of that would cross any type of role or type of or industry or whatever that you go into. Yeah, I would echo that and just say that like something that I think I have found in talking to friends like across different job types um, within VFA or like small companies is like small company to probably like no matter at what stage like if there's a like if you find a problem it is now your problem like there's <laughs> no escalating it like there's no you know passing it off to another department like chances are like if you found it you're probably the one who's going to be the best suited to deal with it a lot of the time so yeah kind of like Lydia was saying like dealing with ambiguity and um you know like kind of being ready to kind of roll with the punches a little bit there is a like interview process to get into VFA prior to like being able to go through the match process though. And um, in terms of like things that they, like I know they look for like having worked there and like been a part of the interview process at this point is obviously like an expressed interest and like demonstrated interest in like entrepreneurship and ideally working in like a like smaller city, like not wanting to take off to New York, that's not gonna sit well. <laughs> But in terms of skill set slash like demeanor, I suppose, I would definitely say like being the kind of person who can like receive feedback and then implement it. That's something that they definitely test for. This is like a little cheesy, but you know, like being a good team member and like recognizing kind of like where are the gaps and like where can you fill in those gaps 
And another big thing I think is just that kind of goes with like the being able to like implement feedback and take criticism is like a degree of self-awareness and like kind of the humility and like knowing what you don't know, but also like confidence to figure it out, I guess. Definitely. Cool. Um, we do have a question from a student. I just want to ask real quick. Students want to know, do you need to have any prior experience in or knowledge about business slash entrepreneurship to join this program? So no, not specifically. I think um, just having these two things. So having like the kind of traits we're talking about here. Um, I mean, you can have those traits and demonstrate them within like really many different roles that aren't specifically at startups. So that's one thing. I think the second is if you have like mission alignment with BFA, that's huge. That's another thing that they look off for. So if you say, if you, not if you say, but if you are interested in economic development through entrepreneurship and like in these specific cities, even if you don't have a specific city on the list in mind, but just in general, like that's the mission alignment there. And you can say, I'm ready to step in with the self-awareness, the comfort with ambiguity, um, the ability to like take and give feedback. I'd say that's it. So like I, yeah, like I didn't have any, really any knowledge about anything with business, <laughs> even though that's become my whole role, but yeah. I think a lot of students don't always have that opportunity. So it's great that you kind of can learn it on the job or in the training kind of a thing. Um, I want to go back to something you guys said earlier. You said that BFA is kind of like a mediator between you and companies. So how did you pick the roles that you are currently in and, and where have those roles been since you've been in the program? I went in, it, it, you kind of enter the match process and it really is like, if you think about you know, something like handshake or another like job board where you can kind of like filter out the different roles. Um, it's also, you know, if you really wanted to work at a company where you were, you know, hire number three, you could say, I don't want to work at a company with more than 10 people. Or, you know, I want to work at a company that has had its series B funding. There's a bunch of kind of different filters that you can apply. I was pretty picky in that I went in and was like, I'm a BME grad. I want to do a technical job. And it has to deal with healthcare. And I also like don't do programming. So like, I don't want to be working on like a healthcare app. I'm not a software developer. And like that does narrow it down because like, again, like if you think of like all of the different types of jobs that like there could be, like that is kind of a subset. But that being said, like I still felt like there were like plenty of opportunities and there are definitely like different cities that have a like stronger healthcare sector in general, but you know, I say that, but like, I wouldn't have necessarily included St. Louis in that and Lydia's there now. So that's kind of how I went about it. Yeah. So um, I'd say the way I went through the match process, I was focused more on, I wasn't as set on being in a technical role. I was open to it, but if anything thought more like if I'm going into like a small or like growth stage company, this is the time I want to learn more about like the business side of things. So I, I focus more on roles specifically being in like the healthcare industry would be nice. And I didn't care where I went. Well, actually I didn't want to go to Charlotte. I grew up there and just wanted to kind of experience something new. So I focus more on roles that kind of had like operations, project management roles, um, 
was open to product management, anywhere where I could kind of use some technical skills, some like process, process improvement thinking, but also learn the more qualitative things. So yeah, anything beyond that, all the business things I'm saying I didn't know about. And I think you asked Grace, like where have the roles kind of ended up since then? So I definitely say I've learned more than I ever thought I would about <laughs> just general like business processes. So how to keep a company running, how to keep things efficient, learned about all the things that you don't even know like have to exist. So learned a lot about like HR, hiring process, marketing. It's it's just kind of crazy all the things that um yeah, I've learned in this role, which has definitely been has been great and was the goal. Cool. Christy, could you, I just heard Lydia kind of give a little background on like what her role does. Could you explain a little bit what um what you do at your role currently? For sure. Um, so my title is production engineer and the bulk of my job is kind of like overseeing the like production of all of our devices that eventually end up getting shipped out to customers. So whether or not that's kind of like handling like material procurement and supply chain type stuff, vendor communication also includes like actually building stuff, like a huge chunk of my job is hands-on and like working with interns that like help supplement that (laughs) for me. And then kind of like on the like end side of things, like I do a lot of customer support and any like repairs that come into the office, like I do that as well. That said, like it being a my company is has like 14 people full-time now, I think. So we all end up doing a little bit of everything. So I dip my toes into product development when it comes to hardware, just because that's kind of a good fit because I like work with a lot of our vendors to make that. But yeah, that's kind of the bulk of it. You're working like what would normally be like 10 jobs <laughs> at a bigger company, which is cra- I know it's at a smaller scale, but that's still a lot to onboard too in such a short amount of time yeah definitely um and it's you know it's also like a set of responsibilities that has been built up over time like I feel like when I started it was I like honestly was like basically just like an intern with healthcare (laughs) um like there wasn't much of a difference there so it's definitely been something that I've like had to like build up over time and also like I'm sure like, I mean, like Lydia works within also like another like healthcare, like operational thing. Like there's like often like a really huge knowledge gap coming into any company, but I would say, especially something that you're like dealing with insurance and dealing with like practitioners and like clinicians and all kinds of stuff. It's definitely like a steady climb up the steep learning curve. And you may have said this before. What does your company do? I probably haven't. So (laughs) edit this and put it at the beginning. Um, My (laughs) company is called uh, IBT and we primarily focus on making devices for upper limb prosthetics, myoelectric prosthetics. Gotcha. You said myoelectric, like controlled by muscle. Thank you. I remember that term from back in the day. Lydia, it'd be great to hear a little bit about what your company does specifically and your role title specifically. I know you you touched on Mm -hmm. it before. So my company is called Total Access Urgent Care or TALK. Um, so we're, like I said, not what you would think of when you think of a startup, but we're a local urgent care company here in St. Louis. And we've, we're private and independent of any larger hospital or healthcare system. So our 
founder had worked in the ER for years and essentially just saw what we all know, like healthcare is slow, it's super expensive, and it's generally just like in that type of setting, it's just like not a positive experience. So his goal was to, you know, he didn't invent urgent care, but he just wanted to break off and kind of make it better. So the mission is fast, friendly, and affordable healthcare. <laughs> we, um, because we've remained independent, we just have in our, the way we staff our sites, the way that we hire and our pay scale, just all these different things. We've been able to keep things um, efficient, low cost for patients. We have a great culture. One cool thing our founder the kind of mindset he used was take the expertise of um, medicine and mix it with like the hospitality industries, like personality, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that's what my company does. Um, we're expanding to Kansas city this year, which is really exciting. So, Will this be your, like how many sites do you have in St. Louis? 26. Okay. So you're going to like look to duplicate that in Kansas city. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. A year and a half ago when I started, we had like 22 sites. We're opening like 10 this year. It's it's just crazy, like the growth. So yeah, my title specifically is operations analyst. My manager um, is a Venture for America fellow as well. We are the two VFA fellows at the company. So she and I kind of help serve as like the internal consultants for the company. So anytime there are things that are slow or could be automated or just improved upon in any way. People come to us and we fix the things and then hand them back off. So it's a really cool role. That's like the reason that we get to see a lot of different parts of the company. And I actually, in the past few weeks, my role's changed a bit because of this city expansion. I'm going to take more of like a big picture role and work with our COO, kind of as his point person, as we expand into these next few cities and kind of understand moving into a new market, what all the considerations are there. So looking at like the competitor landscape, especially moving into a new market, especially with healthcare, um, looking at like different regulatory pieces and yeah, just, just many different things. So yeah, that is my company and my role. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it's so cool how much responsibility you both have for like being under two years out of college. I mean, I guess it's the premise of, of this program and these companies uh, joining it. But um, so Christy, you said something earlier that I literally love and I'm never going to forget this. You said something, I'm going to paraphrase, like if you find a job that needs to be done, it's your job. Um, it'd be great to hear about what working at a startup is like. Uh, I think new grads often have this question, like, what's it like to work at a startup? What's a typical day like? How is it being at a startup and a new grad? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, either Christy or Lydia? The, like, if there's a problem, like, it's yours now is definitely a facet. I think because I do have a role in, like, customer-facing stuff, like, there is a little bit of um, up-in-the-air aspects <laughs> of, like, what my usual day will look like, um, you know, we recently hired like a business development associate who is like helping me with some of that and kind of be the forefront. But I should also say like IBT is kind of like a interesting, like, I don't want to say faux startup, but not your traditional startup in that 
it was founded as a way for a lab at Johns Hopkins, the um, like Nidish Thakur lab to commercialize like different like products and stuff they had coming out of that lab. Um, so IBT has actually been around since 1997, but it has only been doing prosthetics since 2012. And um, I think like at that time we released our like uh, Flexel like battery system to like go into prosthetics, but the bulk of our dev work goes into control systems, which is kind of the more interesting like you know, how do you take like electrical signals from muscles and like translate that into some kind of command for a hand, wrist or elbow to do? Let's see, like I usually, like a portion of my day will usually be kind of like working closely with our interns um, to make sure that kind of the like volume of tasks that is involved in production is getting done. Just, and you know, a lot of that isn't necessarily like challenging work, but you know, it's just kind of like stuff that we have to like figure out like how it can get fit into everyone's schedules and meet certain you know scheduling deadlines and like the flow of parts and stuff another big part is unfortunately like documentation I think that's just the reality of working at a medical device company and like that being said like some of it is like interesting like if you're trying to if you're doing like a CAD model of like some new product or something and creating a drawing of it that could be part of it. Maybe you're like coming up with a manufacturing procedure or, you know, like a plan to like give to your vendor of like, okay, you need to inspect things at this point and then like do these next steps and kind of like planning and organizing the flow that way. And there are definitely like a lot of times where just like stuff comes up. Sorry. I'm like definitely having a hard time coming up with like my typical day because there really is not one. And I know like Lydia, that's not probably true for you either with just like the random shit we have to do, you know, like, <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Like I remember one time, like we were having like, um, like our products were failing because people were taking off hands from their systems without powering it down. Um, and, you know, I had to like, kind of make a very like makeshift circuit to like test if like you know if we change the resistor values of like blah 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 on this like will that solve the hot swapping which is like what we call that and so like you know that could become like a weak project if it needs to get done ur urgently so yeah like this is all to say there's a lot of different things and I think like one thing that I have had to let go of a little bit is like you can only like plan out your schedule so much. Like I think in um, school, you know, like you're given a syllabus at the beginning of a semester and you're given your test dates, like all your project due dates, and you can like sit down and like write in a planner like I have a test on like February 11th or whatever. And like with like I think work you just like kind of can't do that probably in any role because there's always fires to be put out. But so I would say that's like one significant difference. What about you, Lydia? Things have actually changed a lot for us since COVID started. So we've been really heavily impacted by that. We're doing COVID testing. Um, it's introduced a massive staffing problem. So pretty much for the past like eight to 10 months, my role was very different from like what it was before that. So I have trouble remembering what I used to do. I guess on the more technical side, I just, I work a lot in spreadsheets. Um, I miss MATLAB sometimes. Um, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> feeling in, in a raise. Oh, I miss it. But yeah, lots of, I help automate a lot of processes for the company. So especially as we grow and we have more and more sites, 
so rapidly. Things that used to be, it was fine that they were manual. In fact, it might have needed to be manual. Um, that's no longer the case. So one of my favorite parts of my job is stepping in and automating something and then stepping away and being like, I just saved this person, you know, two hours a week, which doesn't sound like much, but you know, when you, people are being paid for their time and it, it really adds up across a company when you can make things faster, move things from paper onto spreadsheets. Yeah, I'd say that's a lot of what I do. Um, sometimes it's just sheets, sometimes I get to write scripts and those are fun. Um, I never thought I would say that, wouldn't say it in college. And then on the more qualitative side, let's see, sometimes I've gone through several processes where we're working with vetting different company, like vendors, I guess. So like, what company do we want to use for our virtual, you know, waiting, wait line, or <laughs> our virtual line, um, so that people don't have to um, wait outside. So going through that process of meeting with different companies, what all do you need to consider outside of just cost? So things like that. I now manage two people. That's a new development within um, the past couple of weeks. So that's been really exciting to be able to do um, within my first two years here. So that's a whole new kind of mindset that I'm trying to develop. Um, is not just thinking about myself, essentially. Yeah, but, um, that's yeah. unique. I haven't heard of anyone around our our age out of school having direct reports. I, I know people manage project teams, but I haven't heard of anyone having direct reports. How's that been going for you? Yeah, so it's week two. And okay. um, <laughs> luckily, luckily, um, I'd already worked pretty closely with these two people and they're fantastic. And I helped kind of train them when they joined our team. So there was always this kind of like, should I just manage them from the get-go? But um, yeah, now that it's official, it's really thinking about, you know, what kind of development could I kind of drive forward for them in their own careers? Because they're more, they're not in an analyst position, they're more in a coordinator position. So um, at least for us, that just means um, that I can help automate some of their tasks that they wouldn't necessarily, um, I can help like, teach certain skills and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's been great so far, but it's only two weeks. So. Okay. So that's super exciting. We have one last question, but before we get to it, I, I just wanted to ask like a rapid fire, what would you say like top three pros cons of working in startups? Pros would definitely, I think be like, autonomy slash responsibility slash like making actual contributions you know like kind of like Lydia's been talking about being like oh wow I just like saved this person two hours on this task and every time they do it and for every person that has to do that that's going to add up immensely you know like similarly like if you're you know working on a small team like every person really matters um so I think that's you know good for the old ego <laughs> and kind of in line with that I think like the at least I think for both of us too like the plethora of things you get to do like speak like thinking about like medical device companies like there really is which is probably obvious but there's so much that has to be done to like make a medical device so I think the fact and like obviously like my company is at like 
a very small scale. Like we are very low volume and working within a fairly niche industry. So it's like, you know, brought down to scale. But that being said, like I've gotten an opportunity to like do a ton of different stuff where anywhere else I would have only been able to do like one thing, most likely. And then I would say like my con is like for all of that, like, you know, autonomy and like big picture stuff you get to do. Like there's also like the not fun, like bottom of the barrel stuff that you have to do because like, that's what everyone's doing. You know, Mm -hmm. like my, like our COO, frankly, is just all of business operations. (laughs) Like, Like he is like the HR department. He is the head of sales. He is... I don't know. I respect him a lot because I just think that there's like, you know, an aspect of humility that you have to have. Um, Cause it's like, everyone's doing big stuff, but also like no one can be too proud to do the little stuff. Yeah, totally. That's, that's a good snapshot. What do you think, Lydia? Do you have anything to add? I was going to say autonomy as well, of course. Um, and then I think mission wise, um, you do feel very closely connected to your mission because you work really hard on it but you also see that work like having an impact so yeah that's something that's been a really cool part of it and then on the con side with all of the responsibility autonomy trust and everything there is just like in a smaller setting things are just higher um where's the word if you mess up it could really mess up something (laughs) So there is um, just some high pressure there in certain cases. So I don't know, it can be great, but it can also be, especially right out of college where everything's really just been your grades um, and it only affected you. It's crazy to step into a position. I had multiple, I still have them occasionally, but especially in my first year, just like, oh my God, this is affecting a company. <laughs> um, like this is real type of realization. Mm-hmm. So um can be good, but it can also just be like pressure wise. Do y'all ever have like moments of weakness? You're in charge of so much and who who do you go to for help? I don't know. Do y'all ever feel like that? You must at some points. moments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We talk about like getting, if we break our role down into three things, one of them is being good at Googling. Mm. Like our whole role in three things we took one of the three spots and said, you have to be good at Googling. <laughs> like that's how, <laughs> like, we're just, you just learn as you go um, and kind of figure things out. Um, yeah. Which I think, I think that's a realization a lot of people have had like, in talking to friends when you get out in the real world, like people don't actually know really what they're doing in any company, really. Everyone just kind of, <laughs> you're like, oh, they're adults at um, Bank of America. Like, they know what's going on and like none of us really know what's happening. So I'm glad Google exists. I do want to ask you guys, so you guys are coming up on the last of the two years for this two-year program. What do most VFA graduates do? Do they typically stay in the role that they are in? Do they typically go off and start their own business? What is, what does that kind of look like once you graduate? Yeah. Again, like a variety of things. Um, like, because, like, once you have your job, like, your commitment to your company is really just with your company. I think a lot of people, just because they come in with the context of VFA, kind of have this reevaluation of sorts around the two-year mark. 
where, you know, it's like, okay, like, am I going to be promoted? Like, what's going to change about my role? Do I want to stay here? I think a lot of companies, like if they do it right, like their fellows will stay on longer and just like continue like working full time. That being said, like some people do their two years and then peace out and do something else, which I think is very common with anyone coming out of college. Like that Mm -hmm. two year mark is when people start to get a little bit like antsy. And then there are folks that, you know, like start companies. BFA does have like different resources to support fellow founders. So there's an accelerator um, that sometimes people will go in straight after their fellowship if they've been working on something on the side and want to go start focusing on it full time. There's different, you know, like sources for funding or like idea validation and stuff like that. It's all kinds of different things. Some people also go to grad school and like VFA is kind of their like two-ish year interim period before going back to school. So it really just depends. Cool. So then specifically for yourselves, do you, do you guys have ideas for what you're doing as you graduate? Do you think you'll stay? Do you think you'll go somewhere else? Or if you do stay, what is kind of the next step in your company? Uh, I've just recently like had this discussion and decision at work. So this is very timely, but um, my managers were nice and aware. And they were like, you know, your two years are coming up this summer. Um, What are you thinking? So we did have the conversation and essentially because of this expansion to Kansas city and the opportunity to step into be like a big player in that and a couple other big projects we have um, here in St. Louis, I decided that I am going to stay for at least another year, maybe a little longer, just to, there's going to be a lot of learning in that. So that's what I'll be doing. Yeah, that's super cool. That's a great opportunity too, since it's like you're opening in a new place. It'll be a little bit of a different challenge. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Christy, do you, do you have opinions? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where's your head at? I mean, the TLDR answer is that that is yet to be determined. I'm kind of like, again, having like similar conversations with my manager and boss about, you know, what that would look like. I would love to continue working at IBT. Um, It's just trying to figure out if it's going to be the right fit going forward. So we'll see. Definitely. Lydia and Christy, thank you so much for joining us this week. We think uh, it's been incredible information that you've given both about your current roles and VFA and for taking an hour of your time to chat with us. So thank you so much for joining with us this week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you both. It's been nice. The BME Grad Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For more information on the BME Grad Podcast, visit bme.unc.edu. Right now, you can find that information under the News and Events tab. If you can, please subscribe or follow and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.